Alright, mic check, mic check Alright, uh, this is Maine from More Than The Masters Podcast I got a special guest with me, across from me, right, matter of fact uh, I'm gonna let her introduce herself and say her name and, you know, where she's from Hello everybody, my name is Joe. I'm from Augusta, Georgia And I also host a very black podcast Which you can find on Spotify, Apple, and uh, Captivate I'll actually make sure I put the link to your podcast in the description for this um and i when i post it i'll kind of post it with links and stuff like that and all that um what i do want to um first start before we get into what, we talk, what we're going to talk about is um just a little bit of background about you so you are from augusta georgia um give me a little bit of your background of where you're from uh, what made you start wanting to do a podcast um so uh yeah i am originally from augusta georgia born and raised graduated from glen hills go spartans okay um, <laughs> I, got, I have a lot of spartans on the podcast yeah absolutely and um I actually joined the military when I was 19, so I moved away from Augusta for about eight years. Um, and then when I came back, I started working, you know, a regular nine to five, but I've always been a creative person. Um, and my creative side is always going to find a way to come out. I started a YouTube channel, which I'm still into, um, but I wanted to find another avenue to kind of get my voice out, to, right. you know, get people to listen because not everybody's into YouTube. Some people are just a, a listener type. And I, you know, I researched podcasts. I started listening to them. I found a few that I liked. I listened to your podcast. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Very often, actually. I think I've seen almost every episode that you have up. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't have to cut you off. I want to say that I keep hunting. Like, when people do hit me up and say, yo, ask me a question about this or want to know something, and they say, I like your podcast, I do think they're just talking. I'll be like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> but I do, I'll be more happy that they refer to me to know something about whatever they got going on. So might be, I might need to listen, I might need to believe people. I don't know because yeah. I've heard people say I'd be like, uh, yeah, I hear you, but I don't ever pay attention to see who actually listening all the time because mm-hmm. until they say something to you is when you know, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because you can't keep track of every single person. But um, I do appreciate that definitely. Yeah. Make me think I'm doing something right. So yeah, definitely, I appreciate definitely. it. <laughs> you on point with it. I, I enjoy watching it. You have great content. Um, I love and I watch the guests. You know, some of them I know, some of them I don't. But it's just I feel like I get to know them when I watch a podcast. That's I feel all like I'll you. be trying to do. Yeah, you know? so that's all. A lot of times when the guests, you know, basically I'm not from here, so people try to ask me like, what is it do out here? Or, you know, just trying to give people a sense of who's who I'm around down here. What's what's going on down here? Right. Even if it's people that's from here, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you said, you've been away for eight years, so. Lot happened in eight years that you might not know, or it might be somebody that just might be funny. Like, oh, this is a funny person. I'm gonna go follow that person, or you know, just see what they got going on. So it just kind of create and shed light on people that's from the city that um don't get that exposure because we don't have like no crazy news outlet out here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We gotta do it for ourselves. So yeah. Um. So okay, you spar you how long military? You said eight years. So I wasn't in the military for eight years. I was in the military for four years. Um, okay. Okay. But after I got out of the military, you know, I was in love. And oh, so okay. I moved around with my significant other at the time and we ended up in Virginia and I actually ended up staying there for about five years. So, oh, okay. um, you know, I started working up there. I was going to school, doing all this other stuff. So I was kind of tied to Virginia for a while. It was once I got out of all of that, I was able to transition back to Augusta because home is always going to be home. And right. I, I missed it. You know, I okay. missed everybody I grew up with. And it was just, you know, it felt right coming back home. Well, that's dope. You know, that's a dope, dope, dope background. What made you uh, actually just want to get into actual like podcasting? Like I said, I know you said you do the video and the YouTube, and um, you actually got a YouTube page, but you not even it's not about podcasting. It's just nope. some something totally different. Yeah, yeah. So my YouTube page is like makeup. It's more like fashion driven, beauty products, um, hair stuff like that. Right. Um, that's stuff that I'm into, but I'm not as into that stuff as I was before, which is one of the reasons why I ventured out into podcast. Um, but fun fact about me is that I've always been a uh, public speaker in a form, um, even through, you know, my grade school years and middle right. school, I did the morning show. I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> like, you sound amazing. Like, even when we spoke the first time you came to the studio, like, I felt like turning the mic on. I just want to tell you, I was like, well, I'm going to turn the mic on at first. But I <laughs> said, I ain't going to do you. it. But yeah, where you. But where you talk, where you, you know, get your ideas out, it's like, I can't do that. I, I, I can't do that. I have to talk slow. I want to get my ideas out. I have to like right now. I'm I'm kind of tired, so I could you know talk slower today. I'm gonna be good. But normally, if I'm if I'm juiced up, oh nah, I'm stuttering. I'm I'm, I'm going hard. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get them thoughts out. Well, you know, people tell me that all the time, and I think the fact that I can speak so quickly is because whenever somebody else is talking, I'm constantly formulating my th- next thought. Okay, okay. So like I'm listening to what you're saying, but I'm also formulating what my response is gonna be or my rebuttal. Um. And so, naturally, once you're done talking, now I'm just spitting it out. And I've always been like that. I don't know how to be any other way. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Oh, all right. So, 
one thing I want people to get from this um episode is that you know um we kind of linking up just to, we, we we got a something common we both out the shy. Yeah. I'm a big shy fan. I've been since season one, um mainly because of the main character who's brand at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a crazy fan of his work. Uh, so that's what you know kind of drawn me into the shy, and so we want to talk about that today, obviously. So if you don't watch the shy, um. You can could, you could still feel free to listen if you want to. Uh, you might like it after. I don't know. We're more so going to talk about like just recurring themes of this episode and kind of recap an episode as we um, go along. But if you don't watch the show, you still can enjoy this podcast just based on the themes we're talking about. It's still going to be information that you need to know or might want to know in this podcast. So um, I, I say this so far. Let's, let's start here. Season three. I know it's hard to answer this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Three episodes in. If you if you think about season one, season two, and you think about three episodes in, what would you rank season three right now? Like as far as, oh, as so, far as direction, I know it's gonna be hard because it's going mad different ways. We ranking this on a one to ten scale. Or? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that one to ten. That's okay. easy. Um, so I probably give season three a, a strong eight. Okay, okay, strong eight. So is that but okay? I'm sorry. Is that better than the season one and two? So no. just okay, it's cool, cool. No, season one and two definitely ten. I I say so. Like season one and two, like it didn't miss. It was it, no yeah, misses. It wasn't. Every I mean, I'm still I still want to know what's going on every week, but it's right. like I'm starting to get that power feel mm-hmm. from 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 the shot. I didn't think I would get that that quick. But it's, then again, power the same way. You yeah, strong season two and then. And drops. then it just kind of went down. And I I need to look and see if they changed the writers. I feel like they maybe changed the writers. Because if you really think about it, this season is kind of going in like almost a whole different direction from the other two seasons. Like Definitely. Got, you know, Keisha's now the focal point, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas the other young guy that got killed in the last season was the focal point. You know, one of the, I guess, we're going to talk about themes soon. But I think one of the things I think may, may have changed when you think about writing and stuff like that, that I see right now is that. The first two seasons, I think, more so represented the shy as far as Chicago. Right. I'm seeing season three. I'm not from Chicago, so I can't really back this up. But if I had to guess, I feel like this is more so representing America. Mm-hmm. And I think that's – you can kind of tell a difference in the right now. So it's going yeah. different ways. Chirac is one way. It's a lot of violence violence in the, mm-hmm. in the shy. So we still have the violence in season three, but it hasn't been as much as season one and two. You know? Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of other things, which I don't mind. It's cool, but yeah. – it's, it's not giving me the Chirac feel or the Chicago feel. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. Even from the music, even the music sounds different. Like It is. They were using a lot of Chance the Rapper. Mm-hmm. What's that lady name? Solange. <laughs> yo, I'm not going to lie. I promise. Anything I love. I did not know that song until that came out. Yeah. I, I said, yo, what song Solange. is this? This is yeah. a good song. I was like, yeah, I felt stupid. I'm like, yo, Solange. Because I would never, no respect to Solange, but I would never like just go to find music. I remember that song being popular. I think Cranes in the Sky, something mm-hmm. like that. Yep, yep. I'm like, well, I listen to this for, but I never gave it a listen. I was just being that person that's like, you got Beyonce, you know. I'm, yeah. I don't know, it's just crazy. But now, I did like this song. I think I thought it matched that. That was like, that was one of the songs I thought that um in that in, in season three so far made me like feel what was going on. Yeah. It wasn't until that song played, I was like, damn, this you know, she really deep. gone. Right. Like, I don't know her, you know. what I'm like, but you feel it. So I think that song matched it. But the the shot, I mean, the shot had been good with getting music to represent the current mood of how they want you to feel yeah. at the time, you know? The, so I went and looked back at the soundtrack because I noticed that the songs in this season went, like, really well with the scenes, and I hadn't really paid attention to the music in right. the other seasons. But as I looked at the soundtrack and then I went back and watched a few of the episodes, I was like, okay, they do have a, a clear theme with the music. Like, it always matches up with the scene at the always. time. And it's actually put me on to some pretty good music, just like how, you know, you would launch. I was... I was kind of big on Chance Rap when the shot first started because he had dropped the album and I really liked it. And they played a lot of his music in the first season. Yeah. And it's this lady, No Name, that's the name. Yes. The, the girl J. Cole was into it. Yep. I did not know she rapped. Yeah. Like, the Twitter, yeah, what she, I said, I think she just trolled. I didn't know. Oh, but I didn't know I liked her because I knew her, I know her music already. Mm-hmm. I just never knew who it was. Yeah. Because she all on Chance Rap album. Yeah. I didn't know that was her. She, she like, got this kind of flow where she talks but raps off beat yeah but it, it but but she yeah but she but she's she's saying <laughs> something i said oh damn J. Cole might have stepped on the wrong toe because she she was kind of she kind of nice yeah she is. but i didn't know that was her you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so now i know it's her but um i said to say like it's it just this season not giving me a, a, a chicago feel it's more so giving me a a, a a black feel like it's just all things black yeah, yeah. not 
all things Chicago. Yeah, you know? I, I totally agree. And I think that was one of the things that I touched on in one of my episodes. I was saying, like, in the first two seasons, they did a great job of, of making us feel like we were growing up in Chicago. Right, right. Whereas to now, it's just kind of like, I'm not really sure what I feel when I watch it anymore. I just, I feel kind of sad sometimes, but I don't feel like I'm in Chicago. Like, I, you know. I think since somebody's missing, like, it kind of feels sci-fi-ish. Like, yeah. I'm not getting... It's like it's like low and on like you know it's in New York but it's, you don't feel like New York you know right. it's like I don't know it's just like you know it's there but you don't I don't feel like I'm there I'm not, right. I'm not being taken to Chicago yeah. season three I feel like I was taken through it in season one and two it even with the food like the culture I'm not getting none of that right now it's just like a or it could be what's going on in the world I don't know I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you it could be that but everything just feel amplified right now where it's not a Chicago issue it's more of a, a Black America issue so I don't know but let's get into let's get into episode three um. What would you like? Give me a rundown of it. Like, what you, what, what part you like, what you didn't like. Um. So what I. Oh, okay. What I did like about it was the fact that they focused a lot on Keisha. Um, right. They right. brought the attention to you know the fact that she was missing and all the different scenarios that could possibly happen to her because these are real life scenarios happening today. Um, I think maybe my not as favorite part was the fact that that. At the same time, while they were shedding light on, you know, what could have happened to her, they were talking about her character flaws, per se. Mm. And I feel like, just like Dre said on the episode, like, it doesn't matter about her character flaws at this moment. You know, she's a missing girl. Like, we, you right, know. Right, right. So, but, but it's also reality, because people do that. They're like, oh, she was fast, or he was, you know, a thug, or whatever the case. So, you know, we don't need to be too concerned. And so... I don't know. I guess I had kind of mixed feelings about that particular part, but I think I more so didn't like the fact that, you know, they made her out to be this type of person. So, I, w- I guess I would kind of just counter, not counter like as in disagree. I agree. Uh, I would just add to that, like, even in America now, and I guess it's more to our point of it being like a black issue like across the across the board, we we often, be, a lot of people do, do, do say that. When something happens to a girl that had this, like, uh, promiscuous persona or mm-hmm. image or um kind of like just not great integrity so mm-hmm. so to speak we don't believe that something could have happened to them it has to be their fault or right. something that they did or they have to be less than like that they're not human you know what i'm saying like yeah. well it's okay if it happened to her because she was fast anyway like it's not that don't that's like somebody raping a prostitute i don't care if she's selling her body he raped her you know right. what i'm saying it's the same thing Absolutely. um but I find that I'm, I'm, it's dope that she was able to write in the sense of us saying it because yeah. we supposed to have this unity thing and then here we, you have a group. So anybody that listen, anybody that don't watch the show, within this group, you kind of have to. So in order to understand the episode, you got to kind of watch season one and two to understand it. But it's a mother who's started all this the show, the um, so the whole episode, the whole season. Um, her son was killed in the first episode. Yeah, and. No justice is brought to her. Nope. She knows who did it. He's walking around. We're talking about him a minute. He's walking around freely. Um, and her son is just missing. So from there, she kind of developed this after police attitude. And now she has her own organization where when things happen to, you know, black kids in Chicago or I guess Chicago kids, they have a group that kind of does their own investigation or does their own kind of uh, healing or, you know, just gathering and, and being there for one another. So, with within this particular scene, that's what we seen. Like it was kind of like just, I right, at the police, we gonna do what we all, we all gonna do. You know what I'm saying? And I think that I mean it was dope to bring her back. Yeah. I like that part of the writing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, how how do you feel about like that particular part? So actually, um, that was that was one of the main things that I paid attention to because I kind of felt like her story was really incomplete because she hadn't got justice. Mm-hmm. It was so much we didn't know about her son, and it was you know it was just so many unanswered questions with that whole situation. So in the back of my mind, I was wondering what happened with her. So when I seen her come back, I was like, okay, maybe they're gonna finally complete a storyline. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, that's what I'm actually hoping. Like I'm glad she's back. I want to know. You know how she's coping, what she's gonna do, or is she gonna continue to fight for her son, or is she just gonna become that person that helps everybody else? So I, I did get off track a little bit. I was talking, I, I was trying to explain to people, but within that group, uh, you kind of see how a group that's developing and strong, it has unity, um, still is always some kind of division somewhere. Mm-hmm. So whereas a, a mother that's missing her daughter now, 
you know, was trying to kind of brought into the group, like, hey, let's help her out. But now they don't want to help her because they feel like helping a promiscuous woman, black woman, black girl that's missing now would, uh, I guess, discredit discredit all the work they have done for cases they think are okay to 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 push mm-hmm. i thought that was kind of messed up but at yeah. the same time that's really black america sometimes yeah. like you have movements who like they're okay with doing this but like you know i mean not gonna touch that because yeah. that's wild mm-hmm. regardless of what the fact is you know what i'm saying just, just the fact that they think they know something and i thought with Doha, they was like well your son you know he got killed but he robbed he robbed the store before he got killed you know what i'm saying it was a lot of it's a lot of uh Hip, 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 I guess hypocrites, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Within that, and as black people, I think we have that as a, as a, as a, and I, and most of our groups, there's a lot of hypocrites in a lot of them. We talking about church and all that stuff, so I ain't get into that. But <laughs> yeah. you know, you got a lot of that. Um, touchy, touchy. <laughs> but I did think that her writing, her like, I guess I don't know how much time has passed by and all mm-hmm. of this. Can't be too much because if you just seen the funerals, but then you know how the writing, you never know no, what's yeah, what. It's no kind of set right. date. Um, because one time it's cold, and the next thing you know, it's, it's Chicago. Seven, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I do think that, you know, after police attitude, it kind of just hits on, like, how we are right now in society, too, as far. And I guess that's why I'm thinking, like, it more so America, not the shot. Because, like, with all the stuff going on since February, you got COVID or the Joy Floyd, mm-hmm. um, Breonna Taylor. Like, we all feeling like police aren't keeping us safe anyway. Right. So we got to do it ourselves. And um, the shot is hitting on that. So I think the writing part. It's, it's still dope in a sense. Almost like they kind of saw things that were going to happen before it happened, you know? So I thought that was dope. Um, but like I said, to me, it just don't represent the shy. I don't know mm-hmm. how much of that represents the shy, so to speak. Um, I know you said, like, you're happy that uh, they, they focus on Keisha a lot. Mm-hmm. So you being uh, a black woman, obviously was a black girl at one point, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your thoughts on, like, like what's, I mean, what's, what's the... How do y'all feel? Like, how do you feel as a black woman in America? Like, how do you feel? You feel safe? You feel like you gotta be on guard at all times? Like, how how does what's the everyday life like for a black woman in America right now? So, um, just speaking from my perspective as a black woman, um, I definitely don't feel safe every day. Um, I feel like I'm constantly having to, you know, watch my surroundings, constantly having to think about, you know what is this person's intentions towards me? Um, I know I'm constantly looked at as lesser than I'm constantly assumed to be uneducated. These are things that, you know, I'm not saying that the black male doesn't necessarily experience, but, um, I feel like in my profession, a black male doesn't experience it as harshly as the black women do. Um, and I work in a corporate environment. So it's like, um, I'm constantly fighting battles every day, you know, within my job. And then I go out in public and I'm fighting these battles and I just don't feel protected. I don't feel like there's enough black men speaking up for us. I don't feel like, um, there's just enough concern for black women. I feel like we have to fight twice as hard for everything, whether it be jobs, relationships, whatever, we have to fight twice as hard as everybody else to try to attain those things. Like it's hard for black women. It really is. And I think that now people are just starting to realize that they're starting to understand what we go through every single day that we wake up and we go out into this world and we try to be productive. Like it's, it's just hard, you know? Um, you know, a few things that I say, I wasn't even expecting you to say. So, um, the twice as hard for like love, job and all that stuff. I really can't talk about it because I'm, I'm a black man. So, but I, I think I see it a lot in corporate America, you know, or just in general, in America in general. But I see it a lot. Um, I will say that y'all, y'all definitely probably looked at as, as lesser than a lot of the time. You think about just black people, so black women get it just that times too. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, and I, I, I kind of agree with you with the protection part. I know, like we, we joke a lot on on Twitter or on Facebook or on you know social media about uh the black women going to the gas station. Mm-hmm. If you dress down, go to the gas station, you got, you got five guys over there. Like now you got to make a limit. Like, okay, do I want to pay at the pump? Do I want to go inside? Like, do I want to go to another gas station? Like it's not even safe to go pump. It's not saying they're going to do anything to you, but cause you might not be in a speaking mood. Right. As a black woman, you can't even, you can't even not be in a speaking mood. You know what I'm saying? Cause at this point you bougie or you stuck up mm-hmm. and you got to worry about one of these people that don't have manners or don't have no home training thinking they're going to come up on you because you ain't speaking to them because yeah. you won't give them the number because mm-hmm. you don't like them. You know, you're not interested or you just in a rush. You're busy. Um, that's just, and that's just one thing. You know what I'm saying? You got to think about all the other possibilities that I don't know about. 
life mm-hmm. that y'all probably have to go through. I'm pretty sure it's not safe for y'all to go party alone. It's not. not safe for y'all to just. I had a somebody come here one time. I never said nothing about it though, but I kind of felt that's what it was. I never met him before. Mm-hmm. They was on a podcast too and everything, but they uh, came in here and when they came, he's on the phone. But I, at that moment, I I felt like, well, damn, that's crazy that. Even though I might not give that vibe, you just never know anyway. Right. So I didn't take it personal, but I understand the process of, I don't know the person. I'm about to go meet up with them. I'm going to send the phone with you, make sure everything's straight. Because it was, it was they put me on the phone, and then they finally got off, and it was, it was everything went good. But I kind of had to understand that that's the reality of a black woman. Because you can't meet up with somebody because you don't know what to expect. You right. know what I'm saying? So I didn't take it personal, but that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. I did I did always remember that. Like, and that was kind of wild, but. Like I said, everything went well, so. <laughs> you gotta be careful. Yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't take it personal. It just, yeah. but it allowed me to, like, even look at her in the sense of, like, that's dope that you did that. Like, I'm, I want my daughter to have that same kind of awareness. Like, let me call somebody. Just, you know, don't go nowhere. Just, because nobody know where you at. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? It kind of bring back to the shower, you know, black girls going missing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's a, a I think it's going to be a theme of the shower this, this, this season. But in my opinion, um, before the shower even came out, I seen people tweeting about that a lot. Yeah. I did not know the numbers were that high mm-hmm. for is. black. I mean, for women in general, but for black women, the numbers are like extremely high. Yeah. Anytime I go somewhere um, and, you know, I don't have my friends, my closest friends with me, I drop my location to them That's every dope. single time because I'm like, all right, y'all, if something happened to me, y'all got my last location. And, you know, because it's, it's just to say it's just a, something we have to do. Because if I go missing, you know, my family might go looking for me. But realistically, ain't nobody going to care for like the first two, three months until people start raising hell. And then, you know, the cops and stuff will want to get involved. Like if you're not um, like a, a high, high end person or elite, then it's just not going to if you're not high profile, they're not going to care. Um, I want to I just want to read like a few things on there. So just people that think that um, I don't want you to think we didn't link into the shot. The shot is talking about us. Something that's actually um, a real thing in America right now. So, um, this is an article from February. So, number probably shot up. I'm not sure. But it says that the harsh reality is that an estimated 64 to 75,000 black women and girls are currently missing in the U.S., arguably due to pressure from activists and advocacy groups such as Black and Missing Foundation. Uh, major new outlets such as CNN. I'm not sure what CNN has to do with this, but okay. They ran stories in 2019. Okay, alarming number of black children. All right. Tens of thousands of black women and girls who are missing include abductees, sex trafficking victims, runaways. Black women and girls exist at the intersection of racism and sexism and quite often poverty. These barriers contribute to a uh, disproportionate and poor outcomes in many arenas, including to but not limited to health, wealth, housing, education, employment, food security, access to water, and violence. Um, far too many black girls marginalized is ever present. So African-American girls compromise over 40% of domestic sex trafficking victims in the U.S. So over 40%. That's insane. That's outrageous. Insane. Uh, black girls run into sexual predators preying on their vulnerabilities and capitalizing on the lack of collective outrage expressed when black girls disappear. Um, I really want to definitely talk about that uh, black girls run into predators preying on their vulnerabilities and capitalizing on the lack of collective outrage expressed when black girls go missing. Um, What's your take on those last few words? Um, I th- I'm really just stuck on the the forty percent because I didn't realize the numbers was that high. I wanted to go look. I, w- I didn't want to talk about this going into it just off the shy feeling. I wanted right. to talk about it from because these are real things. Absolutely, absolutely. So go, re- read that last statement for me. Again. Um, black girls run into sexual predators preying mm-hmm. on their vulnerabilities mm-hmm. and capitalize on a lack of collective outrage expressed when black girls disappear. So I want to say that that's spot on because I don't believe that a lot of these black girls that are missing are dead. I believe that they are out there. They've mm. been, you know, gotten caught up in the sex trafficking and people know that, you know, the cops not going to care. They know that America's not going to care or the world's not going to care. So they target black women. So they go out and they're like, you know, 
I know this is where, you know, the majority of black women hang. So this is where I'm about to go target. So college campuses, you know, HBCU specifically, um, you know, parties and stuff that are maybe close to, you know, predominantly black areas. Right. Um, these are the types of places where people go to prey on black women. So, um, I mean, it's, it's spot on. And they know that people are not going to care specifically if you're from a certain area, then they're really not going to care. You know, what I, what I, it's a true statement, obviously, but I don't like is how I, remember, I only remember a few years ago that in Augusta, definitely just speaking here, it was a thing maybe for like a month or two, mm. where people was like, "Oh no, nah, sex trafficking," but it turned into a game. Yeah. But because and I feel like it was it was still always black women or black kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was mostly little girls. It was like everybody had these videos in Walmart where Mexican was like standing around. I don't know why they're always Mexican. I don't think... I think that... You know, I think that's like a, a, a gender day push. And it could be it, it could be white people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's a gender day push. And it's like... I don't feel like sometimes as a, as a, as a whole... I'm happy now. And I shouldn't be happy now. But I'm happy we taking things more seriously now or look like we are. Um, it's probably the longest I've seen us take stuff seriously. Yeah. But I just think in the past, like talking about this when it first might have started happening in 2017, 2016... It was just taking the joke too much. Like, yeah. people started joking about it. Like, now everybody was going live with showing videos. Mm-hmm. I work I work at a place. I ain't going to say where I work at, but I had a, I had somebody come do a complaint. It was white, so I was really upset. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Shout out to white people, but I just, they just, sometimes they upset me. And it gave me this, I got I got, I got the picture of the complaint in my in my, in my drawer at home. I never, I never gave it to nobody. Of how they were about to get abducted from a, a sex trafficker. And the story was just so stupid. And I'm like, that man was just in the bathroom. And yeah. I went to people that people that they showed me, mm-hmm. regular people that come in all the time. Still yeah. to the day they come in there. Mm-hmm. Father and son. This not bothering nobody. I'm like, he, but the story was pretty much he looked at her. That, <laughs> yeah. But see, the fact that they were white, you had to see how they was acting. That that's right. what they was like. I'm thinking something for real. So I'm like, yo, what's going on? Cause how they how they were acting. But I did feel like that's the energy. The energy I gave was the energy I want I would want for like Every black girl that go missing, like when when somebody say a black person missing, I went and tried to see who it was, like kind of track them down, and then I got the full story. I was mad I did all that. I'm like, really? That's what I did all that for? Like that was that's the story? I said, I right, I'll make sure somebody knows, but I didn't tell nobody. It just it just didn't make sense. Yeah. But in the sense of like just us and how I think a couple of years ago we didn't take it seriously. This is what happened when you throw a, throw something out there and just like no. The, the agenda is pushed, but like not for too long. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Because that sometimes it's not stopping. But it's we started talking about it a long time ago. It's not going to stop. And, and I want to add, because I don't know how long you want to talk about this particular topic, but I want to add, because I think people have created this false idea of what a, a sex trafficker looks like. And they've assumed mm. them to be, you know, this certain ethnicity or this certain type of person. A sex trafficker could be anybody. Your next door neighbor could be trafficking kids. Police officers traffic kids. You had a sex trafficking ring on a military base. So they don't have a specific look, a specific nationality, a specific job. A lot of people are in on this, people that go to work every day and act like they're living these very normal lives, and they might approach you in the most normal manner because they know you, but they might also be a sex trafficker at night. Right. So I think people need to get that false idea out of their head of what a sex trafficker looks like and stop being so complacent and be on guard, regardless of who you're around, where you're at, be on guard. Like it could be anybody. It could truly be anybody. No, I definitely agree with that. I think that was. I think that narrative also plays into why we often stop, like even pushing that agenda of his sex traffickers around. Like he was even, you know, it, it, it just it's a it's a it's something they push. And I feel like when we stop seeing a lot of I just keep saying it, Mexicans, they were like, right, it's, it's they 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 went away now. Like they like like it was here for a couple weeks and they just drove away. Like, okay, <laughs> like now like we gonna go. Yeah, we, uh, we gonna go to Vadoso now. Like nah, <laughs> you know, they, nah, it's, it's 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 here. Right. Um, that's just that's just the reality. It's everywhere. Um, but yeah, I do think uh, black women, black women and girls missing mm-hmm. is a def is definitely a, a prevalent uh topic to discuss, and I think that's gonna be the theme of the shy. And I'm okay with that because of I'm. I was raised by a black woman. You know what I'm saying. I got right. two daughters. They both black. You know, one looks light skinned but she's definitely black. But you know, um, <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, I don't ever want to feel like I don't care about black women. You know what I'm saying? Like I do think I go through a lot. I probably, to me, I hate to say species. I'm just saying that as human wise. But like 
they are the strongest of all time. I don't think it's nobody stronger than a black woman. Me personally, yeah. I always say that. Um, my mother, I think she always created this like false sense of. Oh, and I think I I put that on women sometimes. Like I think they should be stronger than they are because my mom was strong. Everybody different. But you know, when you're young, you not think like that. My mom, she never cried in front of me. She cried one time. I think she cut her. She stabbed herself by mistake. She never cried. I never seen her down over a relationship. She always upbeat. Like even when everything was messed up, she always was like, you would never know. You know what I'm saying? So I always felt like, all right, that's my that's my that's the woman. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So when I seen somebody cry, I'm like, what are you crying for? Like I don't be knowing that because I never seen her cry. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So. I do feel like black women, and that's, that's not just my mother, like my mom, my grandmother, mm-hmm. and my aunt. My grandma, she got like Alzheimer's now, so she cries now, which is mad weird to see her do that because I've never mm-hmm. seen her cry before. And um, just to touch on that, I guess to kind of segue um, into that, in the shot, I see we see that with his grandma too. Mm-hmm. She said, um, you ain't no hero, you like a bum. Yeah. But my grandma, she'll tell, like my, my mom take care of her now. She'll tell my mom, you're not my daughter. Yeah, that's You know crazy. what I'm saying? She'll tell family members that you're not my family like, I don't know you no, you yeah. ain't shit you know she, she, she herself but she's not memory wise she's not there right so I, I felt that part I was like damn that's crazy but I just do feel like it's a lot of topics in here that everybody gonna be able to kind of feel more now mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying you can kind of relate with um the writing is still it's still crispy it's still good I just feel like it's different than what we used to yeah so it's hard for me to really gauge it like yeah. I wanna gauge it you know it's like you said eight I think most people say less than that because they just if you're not, like, you got notes and stuff, so how we watching stuff, we watching it and kind of critiquing it. Some people watching for entertainment. They ain't trying to critique nothing. They were like, look, this ain't what I'm, this ain't what I'm into. Who's shooting? Where the drug dealers? Where's Reg? They like that. Like, they like right. that particular part. But I do like writing. I do like diversity. I do like looking at things differently because, like, I'm a fan of the shot. So if you really got my attention and you could put me on to something different, yeah. you might as well. Um, uh, I guess I, guess I, I want to touch on the... The uh, one thing I seen, this is kind of what the black girl's missing though, is um, parents, you know, uh, not knowing their kids or mm-hmm. I hate to say it like that because you, you, who do you really ever know? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. But not knowing their kids like they think they know. They know them, them. right, right. And it comes from like it says, black people sometimes we already in the world we got it our stats against us, so we do try to give our kids the best life, especially if you had a, a shitty life prior mm-hmm. to that. You work a lot. Um, my mom. I think my grandmother worked a lot, so my mom always said that she wasn't around a lot. But she, my grandmother's retired. She got her own home. She got all the stuff that would be a compliment to her from where she came from. No, no high school diploma, none of that stuff. My mom, she worked a lot, yes, but she was more so with for us. Mm-hmm. But it's also why she might be in the predicament she in now at the age she in also. Yeah. But the love was there. Yeah, it's catch twenty two. Yeah, Either way, you, you know you gone. win or you lose. You know what I'm saying? So, um. <laughs> In this particular shot, you know, you got a mother who works, got two amazingly talented and smart children. Right. Um, but obviously, her daughter's little, um, I hate to use the word fast. I don't know what word to use because in today's society, I don't know what fast would be. Yeah. It, I really don't know at this point. Because when we were coming up, fast was, yeah, after the 13 to 14, you fast. Now, that's like the norm right now. I hate to 13 say, to 14. That, I'm saying when I was growing up, I didn't, I, I didn't have to say that at that age. I wasn't. I was because I was like, well, I'll be honest with you. I'm not one of them kids that has it very early. That's what I mean. But, and now, I'm saying, like, my, I, I hate my brother business out there, but my brother, like, he was a freshman in high school. He was already doing it. You know? I'm like, that was me. I wish. He played ball. He just, he had it like that, I guess. I didn't have the opportunity, you know what I'm saying? Right. But, what I'm saying, like, even in high school, he was, he spent the night in his, his girlfriend's house. What? This is, this, could you spend, could you have a guy or whoever spend night? Exactly. Exactly. It's, no, it's, it's never a question. You know what I'm saying? That was like blasphemous. So I don't know how to gauge what's fast for that generation now. To me, it's still a no. Yeah. I, I guess I'm because of the old fashioned. Because I'm not with that. New, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't know right now. And I guess parents be torn into that whole thing of, well, they're going to do it anyway. Right. Well, I guess you got to be very sneaky because I, I don't want to know. You know. I'm not going to allow it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I feel like when we were growing up, like fast definitely was a different definition because mm-hmm. we didn't have as many resources as the kids have now to True. do the things that they do. So, you know, we went sending nudes and, you know, creating fences. I didn't even know that was a thing, too. I think that was probably, that, but... I think that was probably fake OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was like their way of 
talking about OnlyFans. I don't know. Yes. I, I felt like that. I, I, something. I was I like, <laughs> could name it something else? Finsta? Finsta, yeah. But I guess lawsuits like, and all that stuff, so. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like, you know, we didn't, we didn't really have all of that stuff to be as fast, I guess you could say. Like, I, the most I would have did was maybe kiss a boy, you know, and that was exactly. like a little peck on the lips. Like, it wasn't no, you know, real deep kiss. So, you know, these kids nowadays, they doing it all. Listen, I be listening to my little cousins talking, and I, they be having the same kind of conversations me and my friends be having, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> But yeah. you know, even with you saying that, like, I was thinking about us talking today, and I'm sitting with my daughter, and she ate now, and I'm thinking about the things I knew already at eight. You know, like I knew about sex, all that. I, I, I didn't know how to do it, but I knew about it. I had mm-hmm. seen TV, seen all that stuff. I had been exposed to a lot of stuff at eight. I'm like, she probably don't know what this is. You know what I'm saying? Like, she probably don't know what the word sex means. Mm-hmm. I would I would think. Then again, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it is different. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I can't really consider it certain. It, it depends. I guess you have to really break down what you consider fast and stuff. But just in retrospect, I guess Keisha is someone who, and from what has been displayed to us, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily fast, but definitely is sexual. Yeah. She, she's Maybe she's been touching. She's younger. She we don't know. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But she's a sexual person. Um, she's in high school. She talked to older guys. That's how background so far. Talked to older guys, and just she's not your average teenager. Yeah, I'd say that to say the least. She's not your average teenager. So, but to her mom, she's just a track star that's smart. Yeah, because she get good grades that's and she's a track star. College, yeah. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Her son, he's a smart kid that does well in school. Mm-hmm. But we already seen from both of them. Her son. I already done witnessed the murder, mm-hmm. then been somewhat in the streets. He's not a street guy, but just had, you know, situations in the street. Mm-hmm. Um, seen somebody get shot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, he's seen a lot and been around a lot. But here she is working hard, busting her ass, doing his ass in third, and don't even know what her kids are being exposed to yeah. while she at work. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a big theme in black community because it happens a lot. Um, our parents work, and, I mean, as kids, we're not thinking about that. You know, you're like, all right, dad, work. come over, do this. You know what I'm saying? You just... Doing mischievous stuff and not that you're bad, you just being a kid, making mistakes or whatever. Right. And um, your parents never really know you. Like they didn't, they know you anyway. So I don't know. I, 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 you have any like, I guess, experience with that or? So I grew up in a two parent household, and my parents actually worked on opposite shifts. So my dad worked during the day, my mom worked at night. So mm. it was always somebody there. You know, <laughs> they, they wouldn't usually be there at the same time, but it was usually always somebody there. So I don't really have that experience of you know what I'm saying my parents not necessarily being involved because they was actually very involved in everything I did. That's dope. Um, so I don't, I don't want to brag about it or nothing, but it, no, you, you know, you know, it, I feel like I was blessed to be able to grow up that way and to not have to experience, you know, um, one of my parents having to work so hard to the point where they couldn't be around to experience, mm-hmm. you know, the things I was going through and the things that I might've been exposed to. Now, granted, of course I still was exposed to some things that they maybe didn't necessarily think that I was getting exposed to, right. but it wasn't anything crazy. Like I ain't witnessed nobody get murdered. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't selling no drugs or nothing like that. You know, so um like I can't I can't really relate to that and it's honestly hard for me to really understand it. I don't I don't wanna offend anybody, so I don't wanna say that, you know, she's wrong, but it's hard for me to understand yeah. you know, somebody like working to the point where they not paying attention to their kids. Like, so only thing I can say, I'm not gonna I just won't get too deep into it, but like I would say I, I can definitely resonate with that because I'm the kid that from like my siblings all that, I didn't get in trouble. Um, I always had good grades in school. I never got suspended from school. I always went to school. Um, and, but and that's just like paper wise. You, my mother, mm-hmm. you see that this that and third. But you know, being outside, like especially when I was younger, living in New York, being outside a lot, you see a lot of stuff. You do a lot of stuff, and then you go home. And like, if it don't get back to your mom, it don't get back to your mom. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just, <laughs> that's just point blank. Period. So you could be jumping somebody, you could be robbing people, you could do a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> And your mom never know because you come home, you got your grades, and when you come home, you just you the home person. You know that's it. So it, it can def- it's definitely ways to happen. And some kids are smart; they know yeah. that their mom work hard, so they just you trying to get caught. You don't stress out, or that just but living in a community like that. That's how it go. But you're gonna be exposed to something because you in school in inner city schools all the time. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just being in school, you be exposed to stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think that's a good theme that they that they're having now. I do feel like I feel bad for parents though that have to go through that tragically. Like something happened to your kid and you don't know that they was into this, that, and third because you were so busy trying to provide for them 
that maybe you feel like you wasn't there in another in another way, mm-hmm. you know? Because some people just want to be hurt. You got some kids that like they go to school and act out, and they got everything, right? But they don't have oh, attention at home, so they come home and they just go to school. Like I get attention. Okay, if I do that, they laugh. I bet do it every day now. You know what I'm saying? They not having bad kids. They just that's just the reality of it. Luckily for me, I, I never needed attention. Like I was was good. I had my cousins. I'm all, they always was cool with me. I didn't have to do that, but I know people that did, and like I said, yeah. it's a it's a thing. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I do feel bad for parents that um, have to go through that. I feel yeah. like that's that's kind of messed up. But I mean, like I said, it's one of them things where you gotta. Take your wins when you win. So, like I said, her kids they had good grades and stuff. Yeah. I mean, and most most people that do that, the kids do good in school. You reward them. You can't really focus in between. You gotta hope that you know. You can only hope that your kids make the right decision. Yeah. Majority of the time. Um, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to wait in the transit. I don't want to jump into that too. So. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So the other one, I, I guess I had too. I don't know what you think about that. What's your thoughts on Emmett? So, uh, so Emmett. Well, for one, I like the image uh, storyline. It's very consistent. Um, now, as far as him like trying to carry on this business, I feel like it's just too much for him. Like I, I don't, I'm not sure if he ever really gonna get it together. Yeah, me neither. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I, I just feel like he's not gonna be the guy to I, do that. I feel like maybe if they would have started molding him in the other season, but you know, to be the owner or to be running this business, right. he maybe would be you know, fulfill the role more, but because it was so sudden, like, I feel like even as, you know, even Jacob Lattimore playing Emmett trying to fill this role is just <laughs> awkward because it was just thrown at him. Like, you know, Brandon ain't on here no most. So we need you to take over this restaurant. And I, I it just don't feel genuine to me. Like it, it, it just feel like he just unclear on what to do. Like, I, I thought that I liked the way they was molding the character up until, and I still like his character now, but up until now, cause I felt like he had a, he had, this season was gonna be big for him because mm-hmm. of his role with Brandon, like how, like it being consistent with how Brandon is. You know what I'm saying? I thought that his role would be better. I would say with that happening, yes, I think it's gonna because now he it's a less serious role. Um, I was, and I guess too, I, I look at like all the things he, he has to come. He got a lot of kids apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think about that? How he gonna run a business? He can't even you know take care of his flesh and blood. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So I don't see how he can't cook, but he has to cook. He's trying to run a restaurant, you know. Yeah. But he wanted, he I think he's like the epitome of somebody who don't want to put like the work in, right? But want the reward. reward. Yeah. So he's always looking for like a quick scheme, which is like a lot of black people do that. Yeah. A lot of black people do that. So uh, I mean, he's just a regular black person, you know. But I guess in in episode three, uh, him and his baby, his girlfriend or baby, mom, I don't know what they're doing now, but. Cause they're together, but I don't know. Like the yeah. mom, she gave the mom that massage car. I was like, "Need your back blown now." I'm like, "Why? Why are you going well, you there? Got the That's wild." Was, right, you know what I was I'm like? So that. he got your mom and your girl. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. But um, I I did talk about that scene. I'm not gonna lie. I, I didn't I didn't look at Emma's mom like that until that she's very beautiful. She is. She is. I did not know that until that. I was just take that scene. You know, right? But oh I was like, "Whoa, she is fine. Like fine, fine. That's crazy." And now I can't unsee it. She looks great every time I see her now. But um, yeah, I was just puzzled because I think that this episode it showed like two things. I was like, they're moving in. A lot of people have that situation right now where like, hey, y'all, you got a you got a, a, a father, a mother, and a kid under the grandma's brother roof. roof. Yeah. And like, I just wonder if the mom is handicapping Emmett because it seems like every mm-hmm. time he needs something she kind of babies him or does it for him like even the, the 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 lady said and I wondered if that's like not so much an Emmett thing but like a black guy thing because I see a lot of a lot of men have that kind of cushion where like they could take more risk because they know that if they can't get it done that this person won't do it for them yeah. Yeah. so go back to what you said about black women having to work twice as hard because sometimes y'all don't have that cushion and not that y'all have y'all so women me personally, I feel like they better leave the house earlier anyway. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, not saying you don't get along with your mom, but it's like, them, they don't, it don't work in the same household. You know what I'm saying? At all. At all. It took <laughs> the baby mom to even say that to the mom. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to say that to the mom. But usually the women, will, they won't they won't be able to like coexist under the same roof. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to move or leave. And that's why women, I think, be more independent, more stronger, because you're already ready to leave on your own. With, with sons, you know, with, with, with boys... 
You get baby all your life, really. Don't you get you get a, a, a longer curfew mm-hmm. just for having a penis between your legs. You know what I'm saying? Like you get a longer <laughs> curfew. Um, a lot of things that you just get. Oh, you got a girlfriend? Oh, that's sweet. You can't have no boyfriend. You can't bring. You can't be twelve, twenty have a boyfriend. You might get slapped. You know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta hold that down t- <laughs> until it come out. So I do feel like it kind of uh, created that um that that theme of I think sometimes that's why men be so handicapped in life in general mm-hmm. they do have the, like this crazy cushion the way i don't have that yeah because child from my experience just just dating let me just say a lot of the men that i date still live at home with their mama mm-hmm. like they work in a dead-end job if they working if yeah if See, they yeah. working and they they out here trying to pursue their rap dreams you know i mean <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> I mean, this is just this is just the truth, okay? You know, this is the truth. This is the sad truth. And they, their parents, specifically their mothers, are enabling them to be this way. And it's just, I'm tired of fighting. I ain't going to fight this fight, you know? I, I don't have kids yet, but when I do, I'm going to treat my sons and daughters the same. If I'm going to enable one, I'm going to enable them all. But I'm not going to try to, I'm going to try to raise them to be independent. Right. Everybody. Because, you know. And so... And I don't know if in this particular situation is because she got one. I know a lot of moms that got one son. They like baby their son, mm-hmm. and it's it's like you wonder if like that'll that'll hurt the son in the long run because they're not they're not working for anything. That's everything's given to them, mm-hmm. given to them. Like, and sometimes they know it's gonna give it to them. Like I had a other day. I have no lie. One of the um, ladies that work for my job, she has a son, and she just got one son, and she supports him all the time. By him, any joints he want, all this stuff, whatever. He went to the mall, lost the three hundred dollars for his shoes. Do you know? Do you know he still got the shoes that day? She went back and got the shoes. I, I this I do a lot of stuff for like black kids and stuff, like boys and stuff. So I, t- mm-hmm. I heard out that day I was like, "Yo, tell you something, play basketball. I'm gonna come get him play basketball." So I went to pick them up. When I went to pick them up. She happened to be pulling up. When she pulled up, she had the shoes in her in the bag. I don't know who got them. We worked together. So the next day at work, one of the people asked somebody. She was like, "Yeah, man, he had done suckered." She said somebody. Now I seen her with the shoes. I don't know. She told me different <laughs> stories. I don't know if that was the truth. I don't know. But all I'm saying is he got the damn shoes after losing the money. Wow. When I was younger, if I lost that money, that it, it wasn't even the fact of losing the money. It's the fact that I would be scared to tell mom I lost the money right. because of what that money could have been for. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, some people some people don't get baby. I don't know. That's just that's what I'm getting yeah. at with that. I don't know. And with Emma character, like I just said, like it being a shy, being in the city, I do think moms. Have to understand sometimes you gotta be tough on your kid because of mm-hmm. what they're out there facing. So when you have um Kev mom, it's not it's he's tough on them, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you know you're just getting this, then you have Emmett mom who like, here you go, here you go, here you go, I'll do this, I'm here for you, you know what I'm saying? It's like you already see the two ha- even Kev, he's he's more mature, mature for his age. Yeah. He's more mature than him at that age, you yeah, know what I'm saying? So is. uh the friend Papa who got I'm pretty sure, like both parents in the house, it looks yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even just growing up in church. Then you got uh, Jake, who don't have, it's just all messed yeah. up. So he gonna be all messed up. And he get all the, you know, probably anyway. Um, so yeah, I just thought the themes in the in in, in the shot. If you look at it that deep, like I said some people look at that deep. I don't know. They don't look at that deep. But when I'm watching, I'm seeing like people I know in life. Like, damn, that's that's him. Yeah. Or damn, that's such and such. They were just like that when they was younger. So that's probably how you gonna be when he get older. So um, that's just how I look at look at it a little bit. Um, on a good side, I know you mentioned. You know, you had your fair share of, you know, rappers or whatever it may be. Um, the I think the theme of love, like we talk about music in the mm-hmm. shy. You know, um, the the idea of love and just how they place it in the shy um, with the music in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing young love like Papa and, you know, mm-hmm. a girl who was pretty much Kev was embarrassed to be around. You know, right. like even when you're younger than that. She's pretty. She is. He just embarrassed, you know. <laughs> and I- it's not in. When so, you're that age to be this mighty a big girl. That whole situation confused me because I thought that Kev and Maisha was a thing last season. Like, you know, I know he had the whole situation where he was acting like, you know, he had that one time where he was like ashamed of her. And yes, she heard him, yes, but like they him. made up after that. And I thought, you know, everything was good. But now here we are in this season and her and Papa are together. Like, well, you think about it too. Remember when he called the girls over, he didn't call her. He called some other girls. He they happened just to come. So she yeah. probably was like, oh, I got something for you, you know. It sounds like they never gave us an ending to Kev and Maisha for us to come into this season with Maisha and Papa, but you know. Yeah, I thought that was weird. <laughs> that was weird. Um, Emmett, Emmett, mom is. I don't know if she's dating a guy, but you know, mm-hmm. she's talking to somebody. Um, 
She did horrible on the speed dating. That was terrible. terrible. That was sad terrible. to see. It was very sad it to hurt see. To watch that video. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, it was. Oh, and then um, Ronnie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Ronnie there was something about him because people like him. Yeah, Charlene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charlene, that's funny, right? He do like got the <laughs> Anthony Hamilton going on his beard. But um, <laughs> you got Ronnie. I just think that they, like, you know, the idea of uh, love in and whatever you're going through is dope because yeah. he's homeless. Yeah, he is. He get. You know, I've seen this tweet. I've seen this tweet a few times on my, on my story on Facebook and on on my timeline on Twitter. It was mm-hmm. like, uh, "Damn, men don't buy flowers no more." Mm-hmm. But here you have a homeless guy Man. making somebody a day who got a job. He don't have nothing. Here we getting flowers. Mm-hmm. I made a tweet the other day and I meant, I stand on that. I've been telling people like, you know, uh, I forgot how I go verbatim, but I think I said, uh, "Don't lower your standard for nobody because mm-hmm. they'll show you why you shouldn't lower your standard." So when people have these standards, like. I want men to do this, this, that, and third. Or I want this, that, and third. It's a homeless guy buying somebody flowers. <laughs> That's just this. This take that. This <laughs> pause for a second. You know, when, they, when that guy tells me he can't test back because he's yeah. working eight, eight to two at McDonald's. I don't know, you know, wherever he's working at, mm-hmm. or working at a mixtape in the studio. It's a homeless guy buying somebody flowers out here to yeah. make somebody day. It is. So I feel like with that whole situation, I feel like they was really trying to highlight the fact that no matter what a black man is going through, a mm-hmm. black woman is always going to be willing to, to fight for him or uplift him. I know that's and, dope. Yeah. yeah and it, it took a minute for, I think, Ronnie to realize that because I feel like he was more so embarrassed than anything. But when Definitely. she let him know, you know, in the last episode, like, I know you're homeless. You know, that ain't got nothing to do with it. Like, I, I still want to mess with you. Right. I still want to deal with you. And then he was like, you know, okay, maybe she has good intentions. So, you know, she willing to deal with me no matter what I got going on. And I thought that was a pretty dope message. Like, at least that's the message I took from it. No, I think, and that's why it's dope to have, like, I always think it's dope to have different gender, like, a different gender talk because, like, how I explained it and how you say it, I see both now. I see it, I see it that way now, too. Because, like I said, I feel like, you know what you're going through sometimes, you, you, you run into the, the right black woman, like, mm-hmm. They could uplift your day sometime, you know. Mm-hmm. Just about something small, saying, you know what I'm saying. Anytime, I was at the other day, and just this waiter, she was like, just just looking at the kids, like, yo, that's your twin. That's you know, just talking to me and saying stuff. I don't know, you know, but this is a black woman just talking to a black man, you know what I'm saying. But it's just dope that you don't know what kind of damn happened. You talk and just you don't know what's going, what effect is going to have on me. But in those particular scenes, I do think it's dope that what he going through. That's one person that's not. Uh, shitting on him yep. or saying anything bad about him or just calling him a bum. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Knowing what he just went through. She didn't know what he just went through with his grandma. So, like, his her kind words are, like, they weighing heavy now because right. somebody he loved all his life don't recognize him from being nothing but a bum right now. Mm-hmm. So, to everybody, he feel like he a bum. And then you went to this black pretty lady and it's like, nah, you're not a bum. You know, you're a nice looking guy. I don't care. You know, I know you're homeless. So, that's dope. I think that was dope. And that's a good, the way you put it was dope. I didn't think of it that way. And that's that's amazing. I ain't think of it that way. That's cool. Even with the even with Papa, you know him, because he always been um, charismatic in the show throughout mm-hmm. the show. I do feel like this is the first uh, woman we've seen where it's like his personality is paying off. Yeah. He just being himself. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I think that's dope. Um, I think that's dope. Now with Ronnie, I want to get into it real quick before I get to the last one. Is mm-hmm. um, I always wondered like how. Somebody get from um, point A to whatever to be homeless. Even when I'm driving, yeah, I, I, I sit and I ponder. I think of things like maybe they own drugs. It's always drugs to me. Um, Ronnie's a homeless person, but he was a a, a vet. You know, he was. I don't know. If, I don't know. I shouldn't have said that. I don't know if it's a vet. I don't know what a veteran is. Um, he was in the military. Yeah. I don't know what a veteran is. He was in the military. He's a vet. A hero. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and now he's homeless. Uh huh. And I always wonder, like, well, damn, how does somebody get to this point? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you how do you get home? It's like, like how? And like, so I can tell you just from my experience um, in the military, um, the military pays decent. They do, but uh, what I would notice about a lot of people and and myself too, I, I we would mismanage our money so bad because when you're in the military, like people are just constantly throwing things at you like you know you come get a car we know you can pay it every month come get a house we know you good you can get a mortgage come get a credit card we know you know if you don't make the payments we'll call your command so you getting all this credit all this stuff just thrown at you but at the same time the military never teaches you financial literacy like it's not a thing they go over they don't teach you how to manage your money that nobody's helping you and most people go into the military at a really young age mm-hmm. so you already had this young mindset you want to ball you want to spend all this money and by the time you get to a point where you're getting out or you're retiring or whatever the case may be 
you don't have anything to show for this time because you done spent all these years just mismanaging this money and misusing all these resources you've been given. Um, and I witnessed it time and time again. Like I said, I wasn't the best at managing my money in the military. Luckily, I caught on, you know, before right. it got too bad and I was able to, you know, start managing my money a little better. Plus, I had somebody else helping me. So, um, it's a lot of people that I served with that have nothing now. Like, you know, um, I had a friend that was homeless, like straight up homeless after she got in the military, her and her husband. Wow. And I actually let them come to Virginia and live with me and my significant other at the time because they had nothing. Like, they had mm-hmm. nothing. Like, she was calling me every week, send me $100, send me $150. And you pay my life down, pay this. I'm like, look, just come up here because at this point, like, <laughs> I'm paying for two households. And, and it's a very common thing yeah. that happens. So... You know, with Ronnie, especially being from Chicago and in the hood of Chicago, you know, where they didn't have as much money, he probably came home without very much, especially at his age. They weren't getting paid as much then. And I was going to say that. that that I think that's... I'm, a, I'm doing a military guy soon, but that's yeah. a main thing. Like, they pay more now than mm-hmm. they did back then, right? They do. They do. They pay a little bit more now. Again, it's not anything crazy. Like, people in the military are not rich unless you, you rank up really high and you manage your money really well through all out those years. But, um, they pay they pay a lot better now than, like, when my dad was in the military and he told me he was getting paid, like, $200 every two weeks. I don't know what I could have did with that, you know? Standard of living but, is different now. Yeah, too, so. and that's another thing. You know, inflation and all that stuff is happening. So, you know, naturally, they're going to increase the pay, but people, right. you know, still going to mismanage. So, it's just, you know, for Ronnie, he came home and, you know, his grandma didn't have much. You know, she was waiting on him to come home probably to help her out. He get home, he ain't got much, and now he getting into trouble. They draining their account for lawyers and such to get him out of all this trouble. Mm-hmm. And now, boom, here we are. The house is gone. And he just he in this position. And, I mean that, that's a good point. Of, I guess how you can get to there too. And I guess the, the one thing I seen, I always wondered if it's lack of family, and he only had one person pretty much. Mm-hmm. That person is gone. Yeah. Because telling people he's homeless for then. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, you know, she had the house. You know what I'm saying? So he would go there. Um, and it kind of go back to like what you're saying. Like any, only other thing I seen him living was with that lady. Yeah. I guess the black woman that he was dealing with. Other mm-hmm. than that, that was it. That was it. So, um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, so, one of the, I say this for last, because um, one of the things that I think uh, was a big topic last week on episode two was the fact that uh, one of the characters looks like a woman. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> so, uh, uh, her name, because her pronoun is her. Her, okay. Um, her name is... In real life, is Jasmine Davis. Uh, she goes by Imani on the show. Okay. Um, so she is a transgender woman. So okay, transgender. she was born a man. But and not anymore. She... So transgender isn't um, necessarily someone who has had the surgery. That would be considered a transsexual. A transgender is just someone who identifies mm. as another gender. So uh, Imani identifies as a woman. I don't know. They never actually never clarified whether she's a transsexual or just a transgender. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I hope I didn't offend anybody by saying just transgender. That's yeah, I hope not. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the the only thing I say is when I did see episode one, I guess I felt good because that that might be offensive. I felt more confident. Nah, I can say that word either. I don't know how to say it. I'm gonna just say it. I was like, I hit on the money because I, when I first I said, yo, she's like a man. Don't know why. That's what I said. I said, yo, some, but I didn't. I didn't know. I, I didn't go look at the cast. None of that stuff. You know, I don't right. do that. I like, I like to let the show give me uh, surprise every week. So I don't go look up unless I feel like I know a, a character from somewhere. It's the only time I look them up. Other than that, I don't look them up. But I said, yo, something's off. And then the second episode happened. I was like, oh, Cause I didn't get it at first. Yeah. I still didn't get it until he was like. I don't see you that way. And I'm like, oh, yeah. wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was when it, that's when it resonated with me. That's when it resonated. I was like, why she going so hard making us apologize? Right. You know what I'm and then it made sense. I said, oh, okay. I thought maybe they was, cause I thought he was saying somehow you're going to do a poker club or this, I'm thinking there's something illegal they're doing. Yeah, there, you know that's what, what like, I was thinking. But, so when yeah. he was tripping by like, and kind of party, it, 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 it I don't know. I, I can't say that because if she coming as a she, right. that person was talking to him was just gay, right. I believe, right? It wasn't like, I don't think the person was. He he. She asked. Was trans. He, he he is identified as a he him. 
This is difficult. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lot of pronouns. Yeah, and I, I would try to be respectful because I don't, you know, I don't care who, who you are. I mean, I'm, I'm, I respect everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that theme, I think that's, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, with them doing that because obviously she has her own orientation. Mm-hmm. And if you got a popping show that people are paying attention to and you're able to um, educate or create a safe space or some kind of learning curve for somebody to understand how things should work mm-hmm. in that world. Go for it. I'm cool with it. I just don't know how it fit with the shot. Mm-hmm. And that thing, I hate to use that particular one, but that's the one that made me think like it's going mad different ways. Yeah. So it's like, is the focus like black missing girls, mm-hmm. uh, trans, you know, that community. Um, It's just so many different, but it, it can be all. That's, that's yeah. fine. It can be all. I just, you know, I just, I'll be wondering sometimes. So one of the reasons why they're incorporating all of that into the show is because of Lena Waithe. So Lena Waithe yeah. is like now, I think she's directing it or producing it. One of them, maybe she's doing both. Um, <laughs> but uh, she's, um, she's not transgender, but she's a part of the LGBTQ community. So mm-hmm. I think that her goal is to bring more focus yeah, on to the real life issues happening within the LGBTQ community. However, I did want to touch on the fact that one of the reasons why Reggie's no longer on the show is because of that whole situation. Um, that was he, true. Yeah, he he did not want to play a role where he had to be in a relationship with a transgender. So, because he went on live, and he, you seen IG live? I, I saw snippets of it. I did. It was very small, wasn't it? Like, yeah. Like, but he didn't. He didn't say that he didn't. He just said, "Me and Lena's cool." Da da da. Don't believe the hype. He but he he didn't say. I did. I did say I didn't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he didn't say he didn't either. Mm-hmm. He just was like, "Don't be the hype. Be cool. Stay tuned." Yeah. Whatever that means. As if he's supposed to be coming back onto that the show. Me yeah. Stay so, tuned. Like, come on now. Yeah, I I seen people talking about stuff he said, and I saw like a couple of little snippets of his little live. I didn't actually watch the live, so I didn't. Um, you know, I don't know what the whole thing said, but um, like I I I know that it was confirmed that he was definitely gone because of that particular reason, but he could be getting written back into the show. Like, basically, we don't really know if Reggie's dead, and that's why they never had a funeral for him, which is kind of what I put into my mind. So I, I'm hoping they actually do write him back into the show. Like, I'm actually hoping that they do that. Yeah, Reggie, well, he's my favorite character. I like, I like, I like, I, it was something about him I liked. That he mm-hmm. just, he actually fit that whole shy thing. Yeah, out. yeah, just he didn't did. Give, didn't, didn't care about nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's kind of how, like, a Chicago with some, some of them kids, like, they don't care about nothing. They're just shooting. That's, that's what they grew up to, and that's what they... They they known for they 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 do now so I did like that um yeah I don't think I haven't gotten that feel from no other character in the shot like I get from Reggie that he may actually like he did some st- homework on well he's from Chicago he is yeah I thought he's from Carolina is he I think he said he's from Chicago oh okay I'm gonna look that up I'm pretty sure he's from Chicago I thought I seen yeah. a breath, I thought he said from South Carolina I sure he I I, I could have sworn I thought he said he was from there maybe I misinterpreted what he said but I thought I heard him say who he knows was from. man yeah. But yeah, I thought he said it because I mean, you know, he had, second season was, was the season that was he got, he was popping second season. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, he was. That was his season, and then you know, boom, he gets shot. So Jason messed it up for everybody, man. I don't know. He just he kind of just <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he messed it up, but that that messed the show up. But I do like the rest of the show is going. Though, I'll say that much. You know what I'm saying? So um, I I, I want to ask um you a question. You know, with the shot. Okay. Not not not. I mean, aside from the shot, um, you know, your podcast. You got you call it, it's a very black podcast yep um what's the meaning behind the title so um at the time when i started my podcast was when um you know it was like kind of when everything was just starting to happen like it was right after the george floyd thing and you know people started learning about brianna taylor my arby had just happened and i've always been very pro-black um so it kind of just like pushed me to want to have a voice and speak out about all the injustices, but at the same time, kind of remind black people like being black is a beautiful thing. Right, right. You know, so I was like, how can I, I incorporate these two things together and get people to really hear my message? And um, I was like, you know what? Why don't I start a podcast? Uh, it's a great platform for me to be able to speak on a lot of different topics. There's, I don't have to have a filter because I really, right, I, you right. know, I don't have a filter all the time, and you know, I can really just be myself and say what I want to say, get my message out how I want to deliver it. Um, but like I said, I've always been pro-black, even in high school, back with the whole genocide. Uh, it was like the genocide nine, 
um, with the guys in New York. And um, it was just a lot of stuff going on. I don't remember the full story. I have to look back into it. But I arranged, like, this whole day at school where everybody would come to school and we would all wear black and remember it. So oh, those yeah, guys. And, you know, it was just, I was, I've was i always been pro-black. Like, as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to fight for equality. You know, um, I always studied Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Um, and I like Angela Davis. And I know it's not a topic too much, but I want to ask you, like, when, when did you learn about Juneteenth? So, I've, honestly, I've celebrated Juneteenth since I was a young kid. And um, it's one one of the reasons because I, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, um, Macedonia. Okay. It's right here in Augusta. And when every year we would go to vacation Bible school. And the last day of vacation Bible school would always fall around Juneteenth. So, we would always have like a little Juneteenth celebration. So, it was always something I was familiar with. Okay, okay. I Like I said, I, I didn't know until maybe four years ago what they even yeah. meant the, the day. But since then, like I said, you know, I've I celebrate that, you know, yeah. not Fourth of July, obviously. I don't get I don't get pissed on Fourth of July, but I kind of do. I'm not gonna lie, like, yeah. damn, y'all really know. But then you got, you know, people setting their ways. You know, what I'm saying they yeah. don't teach it, so you got to kind of learn your own. But I am happy that people more people celebrated this year. Oh yeah. Um, then I've seen in a long time. Last year was a big celebration though, but this year they celebrated a lot. COVID kind of threw it away, but I I I, I rock as a guy that on this spot we um recording in. He's in a um, group called Band of Brothers. And every year they throw it through a Juneteenth event, mm-hmm. big parade and all that stuff. Oh, that's they rent dope. a park out and everything. They couldn't do it this year. Mm-hmm. But the past that's two that's years, dope. they rent the park out, um, slides, all that stuff, speakers, all black guest speakers, you know, poets. Uh, it would be, be a dope event. I'm mad we couldn't do it this year because it was going to be bigger because last year was like real big. Yeah. And then COVID came. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. But um, I hope that next year we could get it up and running again. But, yeah. I wanted to know because, like I said, it's something I learned. I literally just knew he always talked about it, but you know, at the time, you see, he got all this half hour black power stuff. Like he really, yeah, went to Fort Valley. Valley so yep. he really, he really out there with it. But um, that's my guy. But yeah, I just you know I just wanted to know because he's my first person to talk to me about black power stuff. And at first, it was kind of boring. Like on lie. I'm like, bro. Mm-hmm. But as I you start experiencing stuff, like mm-hmm. he must write. Like, he called every single thing that's happening now. He called it when I first started my podcast. He used to be like. They're gonna use the 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 Me Too movement for X Y Z. Not saying he didn't like it, but just and he was right. They used it for X Y Z. He said this is gonna happen, and that, that's exactly what happened. Like a yeah. lot of stuff, he said they're gonna start getting bold. They're gonna start just doing stuff on camera, not caring, and they started and doing that. Yeah. So it was like I have no choice but to like listen to stuff he say now because he's seen it coming a long time ago. So. Right. It wasn't about being woke. He just knew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying so. Yeah. I don't consider myself woke. You know, I just understand. The reality of exactly. shit that's happening right now, like it's it's right there in your face. Yeah, that that term has you know obviously it's actually every every time we have something it's like they they not they but it's like it gets uh, watered down by even being called a term or mm-hmm. just not enough not enough um light shed on it. So I don't know, kind of damn if you do, damn if you don't with some things. Um, but this was dope. I ain't never I never had a really dope like in depth talk about the shot like we had. You know what I'm saying? Because we use we use no. you know themes and stuff but normally I feel like we, I feel like we recapped a whole season mm-hmm. but we only did one episode you know yeah. what I'm saying cause normally my mom we used to always do like at the end of the end of the power we do a whole power season recap and um it'd be an hour some change we just did one episode so I'm I'm, I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind doing this you know what I'm saying for the shots so we can link up yeah, again absolutely. do some more for the shot. I watch it all the time so I, usually I watch it on Saturday but yeah I watch I it at midnight on Saturday so. But yeah, man, uh, this was dope. This was dope. Um, I'll make sure I put the link into the comments, um, into the description. I'll post the link. You send me all the links I need to post. So I'll post it tomorrow when I when I um when I get off work. I'm about to go work in a little while, matter of fact. I worked oh. earlier today. Oh, they, yeah, nice year. Yeah, they fired somebody, so they said, Can you come Ooh. back? All right. Mm, it's worth time to get fired, man. I know. He, well, he, he, I guess they're trying to get an extra six hundred on top. Probably I don't know, but he, he, I don't know. He he was he, he was kind of trash, but it's all good. He's a black guy, so you know I try to look out for him. But you know everybody don't do right. So if you're a manager, you look for manager position. You know they got one open. <laughs> <laughs> Message me. <laughs> but I right, man, we gonna hold out.